It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Hello and welcome back to another episode of Battle Red Radio. I'm your host, Colt Molesky. I'm joined by co-host Corey DLG and producer Nico. We have a full show to bring you. We're going to be talking Cowboys Texans rivalry and the history between the two teams get a little perspective on the history between the two cities the two fan bases as well from Corey but before we get to any of that I have a a somber announcement to make Corey Nico I, I saw this per Fox Sports we're officially out of the playoff picture we officially the Texans are officially out of the playoff race for the 2022 season. I know, I know. You're very surprised. Try to contain yourselves. Compose yourselves, gentlemen. We have a show to do. I, I am disappointed. Uh, I want to thank the Academy for even considering us. It was an honor to be nominated. Um, I, I, I don't know why they did this to us. They burned us real, real bad on national TV this weekend. There was no need for any of it. Um, I saw this on ESPN. They did like a... They were throwing up, like, playoff pictures. And, okay, we weren't playing Monday night. Like, there were, we weren't in the game at all. It was, the pay, it was the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and the Saints. And for whatever reason, after they threw up the playoff pictures, they threw up a graphic that the Texans were now the first team eliminated from the playoffs this season. They're like, And, of course, the Texans eliminated from playoff contention this week. Why, why did they do that? I thought the, I thought the move was just not to have the team in the you know the hunt in the hunt graphic that yeah, they show yeah. and like every it happened it's happening more this season because there's a lot of divisions that are close but it happens there's a point in every single season where like basically every team from each conference is in the uh, in the hunt technically because of the math and so I thought the move was just to like subtly take the worst team or the worst couple of teams off that graphic when you show it right away early in the season. Like, isn't that just the usual, the usual move is just, ah, we just, they're not in the hunt. We, they know what happened. They know what they did. Uh, <laughs> instead of just blast, full blast on national television. Yeah. I honestly, I really don't know what, I don't know where this came from. Like who did this to us? Like why, why did they do this to us? We, I think we're nice to people. I don't like. I don't know who had to put us on blast like this. You're right. There's usually like I don't know until week eight. Most of the teams are still at least in the hunt, right? Because like, oh, you're three and five, but the guy leading your division is only two games ahead of you, and you haven't played him yet. So like, you know, like all that kind of stuff still happens. But like, I don't. I, they threw this graphic up and, and minded my own business watching the football game, and, and all of a sudden I was like, well, why are they? Why are they announcing this? I don't understand. Like, I I can't. <laughs> I'm seeing you. I'm seeing you watching football in your living room, and then you go down like Zach Galifianakis taking that punch from Tyson. <laughs> <laughs> it was a real like out of the blue. I just screamed a couple of WTFs. I was like, why would they show this? Like, I don't. I don't. It definitely felt like they're picking on us. It felt like a real Big Brother move. It really did. It really felt like, like if Nico did something really, really embarrassing, I would probably wait to announce that I knew about it until like midway through a Nerd Thug episode, and then just drop it right in the middle where he stuck with me. Um, I, I, <laughs> it's a real like, it's a real like, scratching your little brother's hair and uh, or like mussing up his hair and saying, "Oh, of course you didn't make yeah, the team. Are you right. kidding me? You're crazy." <laughs> Couldn't even throw to the yeah. pitching mound. We finished last year with four wins. We're worse this year. I don't know who said we were even trying for the play. I, I feel like, uh, what's the name of the coach who lost his mind when he was coaching the Colts about going to the playoffs? 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 Oh, yeah. Yeah, I know. What like, when, <laughs> at what point did anyone think 
that we were were shooting for the playoffs this year. It was just cruel. I don't know why they did it. ESPN did it, and I guess Fox did too on your end. I don't know <laughs> why. Why are they taking this shot at us? Well, let's try and let's try and put a positive spin on this. Let's try and find a silver lining. Let's think about when do you think is the next year that the Texans make the playoffs? Okay, if they do what I think they're going to do this offseason, which I think they're going to remake about 60 to 70% of this roster. Every NFL team every year turns over about a third of their roster. They cut, they lose cut about 20 guys. They bring in seven draft picks, a couple free agents, and, and then some, some people. Um... Uh, if this team changes about 50 guys, 50 to 55 guys, off of their total 65 practice squad and dress roster, whatever it is, 70 I think now, um, I really think we're maybe two, two to three years away from being competitive in our division where we could win a division title, which would get us in the playoffs. Um, I don't know, like, in the league that we would be – on our own, like qualifying for wild cards and stuff like that, because I'm sure there are teams that are ahead of us in their cycles and in their programs. But I do think we could be competitive in our division in a year or two. But it, it would require some some slightly more aggressive rostering than we did last year. I think that I mean it really. This is going to be the most obvious statement ever, so I apologize to the listener in advance. Uh, but obviously, <laughs> it really depends on if they're able to to knock it out of the ballpark with the quarterback, right? They've got to not only not even no, not even not even knock it out. Like if if they if they draft a guy that they say they need to develop, but then go get a even in somewhere as like as slow as 20 or 25 in quarterback, it's just someone not terrible and I think that that would be a step up. There are two quarterbacks in this draft that I think are about as close to a lock as you can get. And it really is I think it's Bryce Young and CJ Stroud that are the two guys that I think both are going to be really good. But the math on first round quarterbacks tells you that it's even fewer hit than than you think. And so No, it's it's very scary. It really is. I, I, I hope I enjoy watching both those guys. I hope that they both are really good. But you kind of get into the situation where you go, okay, if one's going to be the leaf of these two, which one is it going to be? Uh, and which one's going to be Peyton Manning? And uh, that's, I think that's the, that's the biggest question mark. And that'll determine, I think, I think they could be playoff bound in maybe three years, but if they, if they miss on that, even if it's not by a huge margin, if the guy is just not quarterback ready coming in, uh, but still ends up being good. I think that might extend it to like five. So, so the reason I'm going shorter is I'm taking into account the troubles that the other teams are having. Um, you know, the Titans fired their GM this week. I don't, I don't, I don't know why they did that. I honestly don't know why. Um, the Colts don't have a full time head coach yet. Uh, Jacksonville is the is currently the most stable of the four franchises. And that's not saying anything at all. So to me, uh, these teams, everything can go left so fast when you keep making changes up top, you know, um, that I, I don't, I don't have any faith in any one of these teams organizationally staying right. It doesn't seem like the type of division that any of these teams are going to vie for a wild card spot. So I feel like right. I feel like you you if you win the division, that's the team that's going to be in the playoffs. Nobody else makes it. With that in mind, it feels kind of like Jacksonville is a year ahead of the Texans, and so that's kind of the it, it, if you can leapfrog them, maybe you're getting into the playoffs sooner. Otherwise, they might take that playoff spot in a couple of years. And then the Texans take yeah. it the year after, maybe something like that. That's that's where my head's at with that too, because I don't think there's, I don't think there's going to be a year very soon where it's two teams from the AFC South going to the playoffs. Yeah, I don't think so either. And Jacksonville is kind of the, it's probably the safer pick between us and them. They just don't have a history of developing the the quarterback mm. ever. They haven't gotten a quarterback right yet, so I don't see. 
I know Trevor Lawrence came in as, I think somebody called him like the highest graded rookie quarterback ever or something like that. He came in as like the perfect prospect. I think one guy called him. Uh, I still, that none of that convinces me that they're going to even renew the fifth year option on him. You know, this year has been another up-down, complicated year for him, and this is year two. I I actually count this as year one. I think. That, well, it's another head coach, so you're not wrong. I mean, it's a brand new system again. But but that's sort of the problem, right? It's always been a new system for this kid. But also, not only is it a brand new system, new coach, but the, or I think the Urban Meyer situation was so dysfunctional. I'm actually no, it was a mess. I'm actually not willing to count that as like his first year. Like if we're grading it. I'm not. I'm throwing that paper out, and we're grading the rest of the years. Uh, if you're looking at an extension two years from now. Uh, because I, I I really think that Urban Meyer like sunk a year of that team. They he he just destroyed a year of that team. I think it was a really me- a big mess behind the scenes. Oh, I you're 100 percent correct, and that's a very generous thing for you to do, Professor Colton. <laughs> However, it, it it doesn't change uh like his contract status. It doesn't change his timing in the league, and that's the problem. Is they're gonna creep up on that fifth year option pretty quick. And that option for these first-round guys in that position, because I think he was taken first overall, it's usually, I think it's a 20 to $25 million option. That's the number that got Jameis Winston in trouble with Buck, with the Buccaneers. Is they were like, do we want to give this guy $25 million when we don't, we're not sure we like him week to week? Um, and Trevor Lawrence has been very inconsistent this year. Um, I know it's, I know there have been moments of improvement. And, and if you're the coaching staff for Jacksonville Jaguars, you're probably saying publicly that you that you love Trevor Lawrence and you think he could be the quarterback of the future. But internally, there's still a lot of things you're concerned about because he has, believe it or not, a lot of the same problems Davis Mills has, where he's inaccurate in what are considered easy NFL throws. But then in high-pressure situations, he for some reason does well, and suddenly you're like, you forget for a second that he can't throw seven yards out. <laughs> I I I still I think he gets the fifth year option. I don't think it's a question. I he's got an absolute cannon. They they also uh they the coaching stuff was on the GM. And so they're going to look at that and say, "You know what? That was a mess." I uh, and now I I really believe he's going to show improvement. He's a great dual quarterback who can use his legs, but he's not going to duck out of of uh reads early and i think all that stuff is going to get going to get better as he's under the same coach an actual coach who like rides on the team plane and travels with the team <laughs> uh it doesn't doesn't cheat on his wife on an off day in a, in a public bar where he's filmed on camera yeah exactly exactly and doesn't <laughs> Uh, physically abuse allegedly the the kickers the, the the kicker, and, kicking uh, the kicker in the leg and so <laughs> i i think that i think that he's going to improve now instead of uh kind of being stuck in the the quagmire as it were uh of where he was I, coming into the league and which is why i think that you have to kind of do that math of so if you're getting a rookie quarterback this year you're kind of behind the next quarterback who's supposed to take over the division if he's as good as as they believe he is it's what because ryan Tannehill's obviously on his way out in tennessee but the other kid malik willis is that is that who it is now in tennessee yep. he looked all he was awful in the texas game i think he threw twice um and one of those was a throw to heaven like it just didn't go anywhere it was terrible um uh, yeah it, it really what it's going to come t- down to i think the titans are good for one more year and then i think it's kind of like the Texans I, I, and the Jaguars have to figure out who's going to try and snag the man, mantle after that. I think it's midnight in Tennessee the day Ryan Tannehill leaves. The second he gets on a plane and Malik Willis is their starting quarterback, it is midnight in Tennessee. Um, yeah, and you're 100% correct that it's going to depend on how, what, how Jacksonville develops Trevor Lawrence. My thing is I have zero faith in them because of their history. I mean – 20 years. They've gone through five four-year quarterbacks in, in Jacksonville where they have just burned out these top five picks. Blake Bortles and whoever was before Blake Bortles. Uh, like, they just keep doing it. And Gabbard. it's never... Yeah, it was. Yeah, you're right. It was Blaine Gabbard, then Blake Bortles. Um, 
and then we went to the Trevor Lawrence era, and it's just been awful every and every time. This is the guy. Every time this is this guy is special. You know, it's been a long time since Byron Leftwich was there, and that's sort of the problem. Is this sort of this sort of really kind of parallels the Texan situation in a lot of ways? If you if the Texans can't develop a long term quarterback or sign a short term guy then they are the Jacksonville Jaguars, and every four years they're going to be restarting their franchise and rehiring another coach. And that's what Jacksonville's done every four years. Short-term guy, you're just the Colts. <laughs> yeah, well, and, and that, and you're right. And that, and what they're what the Colts have been trying to do is kick the can every year. But you can only do that so many times before you. Frank Wright never tried to get a new franchise quarterback, and that was his problem. You can borrow a quarterback for a year or two, but you have to be making plans behind him. Which is what Tennessee is trying to do with the Tannehill Malik Willis situation. The problem is Malik Willis desperately looks like uh, like a Trey Lance, somebody who's just not going to be ready for the NFL ever. Um, I, I it shocked me how I mean Derrick Henry ran for a thousand yards against us in that game, but it shocked me how poor the play was from the quarterback. Like the few times he went back to pass. First of all, I, I, you, you, I was, I kept saying to myself, like, well, they're not going to pass it because they don't need to. But then every once in a while, he would go back to pass, and I'd be like, why does, why does it look so terrible? And it just, it's like it just does. It, I don't know how, I don't know how you make that better, like good enough to be pro ready. And he's like, it just, it looked all around awful. If he ever, if he makes any kind of transformation, then their quarterbacks coach is the greatest quarterbacks coach in the NFL. So with all that in mind, you said two years is your window. Yeah, because I, I don't, I don't have faith in Jacksonville, and I, if they aggressively remake the roster this offseason, which I believe they will, if they do that, then yeah, I think this team is in a really good spot because there'll be a lot of young first round type talent, a lot of starting rookies, a lot of starting second year players, and then a lot of guys around them who can show them how to be professionals. Nico, what do you think? I have absolutely no idea. <laughs> it's it's hard to picture. It really like you got to really kind of forecast a little bit because what we're seeing on the field doesn't put any faith that this team will ever be in the playoffs again. I guess. Yeah, you definitely have to. It's not a it's not a good look. You're kind sure. of betting that they they make the right call at quarterback. Yeah, they got to do something smart at quarterback because if it's not draft a guy who is immediately the guy. Then it's signing somebody. And, like, last year I would have said signing somebody like Baker Mayfield. But this year he's been really disappointing. So, I don't know. I don't even know who. Maybe it's Ryan Tannehill. Maybe Ryan Tannehill comes over for two years or something. Um, but, yeah, you gotta you got to fix the quarterback situation first. Because that is – that starts it. But you also got to – there's a lot of things that need to happen. So – now that we've addressed the the shot across the bow with the playoff graphic, yeah, let's, I don't uh, like. Let's take a, who works at ESPN that hates us this bad? It's probably just like somebody on their digital team who went to Oklahoma. Do you, just, do you think it was like just hates well, all of Texas? Oklahoma's terrible. They can, you know, what if he has to live in Oklahoma the rest of his life, it's punishment enough. I'll forgive it. <laughs> Oklahoma sooner making up the graphics. That's fine. Throwing Listen. He has to tell everyone he's from Oklahoma the rest of his life. That's embarrassment enough. He can do whatever he wants. It'll never equal out. Except to any of li our listeners who maybe live in Oklahoma. We appreciate no, it. No, if you live in Oklahoma and you listen to this show, turn it off. I don't want it. Either move or turn it off. If I see one download metric in the state of Oklahoma, I'm writing a letter to Spotify. He doesn't come on on our Sunday evening podcast. He <laughs> I, don't, I don't mind. Uh, I'll take the <laughs> I, don't worry. What are you, are you, you think the three guys are tipping the scale? It's Oklahoma. <laughs> I'll take every listen I can get. Uh, so <laughs> now that we've covered our our playoff miss this year, missed it by that much, folks. Uh, we're gonna yeah, get I know. to shocker. <laughs> get get to the Cowboys Texans rivalry, but before we do that, Corey, let's hear from our sponsors. Okay, uh, it's never a good idea to drive drunk. Uh, but what if you had a few beers at the game and you know you're not drunk, but you get pulled over and arrested anyway? You need a law firm that knows how to try DWIs. 
Someone who won't just plead you out quickly. You need a lawyer who has 100 hours of hands-on instruction in a lab learning the, the sciences used in DWI cases. A lawyer, ACS qualified to be designated a lawyer scientist. Because these cases aren't like other kinds of cases. Your positive outcomes may very well depend on who better understands and presents the science at trial. Attorney Brian Asen is a designated lawyer scientist, and the lawyers at Asen Law Firm have successfully tried and won many of these cases. Call Asen Law Firm at 832-209-2297. That's Asen Law Firm at 832-209-2297, or visit DWILawyerHouston.com. It's time to trade in your masks for face masks, load up the hoppers, and go to war with your friends. Too hot? Too rainy, too cold, Splat Zone has you covered. Literally. It's Splat Zone Indoor Paintball. Round up the family and get to 11260 Hempstead to check out Splat Zone Indoor Paintball today. 11260 Hempstead, Splat Zone Indoor Paintball. Splat Zone is a great, low impact, family friendly experience, and if you use their website to make reservations, you can get 5% off by using the code Battle Red Splat. That's all one word Battle Red Splat. And also, let me tell you guys about the Adventure Begins Stadium right there at 525 Woodlands Square Boulevard, Suite 130, Conroe, Texas, 77384, right there in the Marcel Town Center. The Adventure Begins Comics, Games, and More is a great place. Like we told you guys last week, Nico and I just did a charity event there, benefiting comic books for troops and uh, the Academy for Sports. Something about kids and sports. It was great. We had a lot of fun. It was cool. All the sales uh, were donated. All the proceeds from the sales were donated uh, for the whole Saturday evening while we were there working to help out. Uh, the Adventure Begins is just a great place. The staff is friendly. The owner cares. They're part of the community. And on the second floor, they have the Adventure Begins Stadium. They've got a lot of sign memorabilia, some great sports cards, some great things to get and hang out and just kind of really enjoy if you're into sports. Any kind of nerd hobby, really. Any sort of memorabilia and collection. they got a lot of signed jerseys. I saw in the back. They've got some signed soccer stuff. So if you've been getting on a World Cup kick... Get out there and check it out. The Adventure Begins Stadium right there at 525 Woodland Square Boulevard, Suite 130, Conroe, Texas. Uh, can I tell my funny story yet, Colton? <laughs> tell your funny story. Okay. So, a little insider baseball for everybody. Uh, we work for Vox Media through the Battle Red blog. And the Battle Red blog has a little uh, Discord group that we're all in together. All the writers and the pod people. Colton doesn't talk to us. He's better than all of us, and I respect that because, frankly, we're all idiots. Uh, but regularly, there's media requests that go in the Discord conversation. Very frequently, there's little like, hey, you know, well, not very frequently, but a lot of times we're, in a new, we're playing a new city, so this week it's all Dallas. So come Saturday afternoon, there were some media requests from a Dallas radio station. Uh, and as a matter of fact, I'm actually going to do another Dallas podcast um, tomorrow afternoon, I'm going to be recording one for this week. So Monday afternoon, I, we schedule everything. We did it all set up. I go on this show, uh, it's supposed to be on the FM radio. We've done a couple of these. I did one in Denver that, that did really well for the show. So I always try and do these to help out and make sure we do our part. Well, <laughs> we, <laughs> it starts out all interesting that, Hey, you know, the last week was real brutal for you guys. Let's talk about that. How, like, what are your thoughts about the... You know, Browns, Texans game, blah, blah, blah. So I do some talking. We start to answer some questions. And then he, he, I mentioned how I just watched the Dallas game and how the Sunday night game was crazy and Dallas blew it up. Uh, we started talking about Bland, the corner, who had two or three interceptions alone in the game Sunday night. And Dallas just looked really good. Uh, was doesn't bode well for us as Texans. Um, then it all goes sideways. The guy who's asked me two or three questions, he proceeds to tell me literally a four to five minute story about how he bought a truck cheap and then had to spend a bunch of money fixing it up. And that's just the way it goes sometimes and all darn and gee golly. And then there's no question to it. I thought it was going to be like a question going somewhere about maybe rebuilding the Texans and what's it going to be like and blah, blah, blah. No, he told me a four minute story just to tell me a four minute story. And then he basically passed the interview to the there are three co-hosts on the show. And the next guy says, okay, Corey, I got a question for you. Joey Chestnut won his fifth hot dog eating contest world championship this summer. And then he did a fart joke. What? Yeah, just on like a, like they did an audio drop of a fart. And I'm sitting there and then like it just spirals from there. Then they asked me my home address. They asked me if I'm like, then all of a sudden I realized that I'm, I am on a prank show. 
I am being pranked right now. I don't know if it's their bit that they get a bunch of Houston sports guys and like prank them or punk them or every week they just try and punk some, you know, low-level blog guy and just go after him, but that's what they did. They they pranked me for a good 7 minutes. And then when it was obvious, I just played it straight and just tried to navigate through it as best as I could. Uh, yeah, I don't know if they're going to use it. I don't know what they're going to use. I don't know how they're going to chop it up. So you're saying this is why the Texans have to beat the Cowboys for your for your honor? Yeah, for my personal pride. I it was such a weird thing when I hung up the phone. I was just like, I can't believe that happened. And I asked about, like, our internal vetting process, and the guy who hands these out was like, you know, it came through the usual channels kind of a deal. So he was like, I just assumed. Um, and it's a real radio station, 97 won The Freak in, in Dallas. Uh, I But I don't know. I, I guess that's just their bit. But, like, yeah, got pranked. So that's my welcome to the NFL moment this year, I guess. Very professional. Uh, that does lead me into my, my first question that I had for you. Give me some, because I'm not from the area, give me okay, okay. some insight into the Dallas, because the, the, the Texans have not been around as a franchise very long. The history is not a lengthy Bears-Packers-esque history between these two franchises, but clue me in on the rivalry between these two cities and these two parts of Texas. So the rivalry is is there's a real Houston and Dallas are about as different as two cities can be. Um, Houston is kind of a little more blue collar, a little more uh, you know cowboy urban kind of feel. Um, it's just kind of how it is. And Dallas is a little more metrosexual, a little more. Uh, expensive neighborhoods and stuff and 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 things have changed but that's sort of the vibe like when when you go to a dallas dive bar it's like somehow nicer than like a houston dive bar kind of a thing like it's just sort of a real there's a there's just a difference in in how houston does things and how dallas does things so the rivalry exists in everything if you if if you meet a stranger and somehow it comes up that you're from Houston and they're from Dallas, there is a moment of playful banter about how awful their city is compared to how great yours is. There's a little animosity. Uh, but it, yeah, a, little, a little bit. And it goes through everything. Basketball. Um, <laughs> you know, uh, the Dallas Stars were in the NHL. I don't even know if they're still a team, honestly, because I don't, I don't follow enough hockey. But the Houston got the Houston Arrows. And, like, Dallas would kind of make fun of the fact that the Houston team was a was an IHL team while theirs was an NHL team. Uh, and when the Arrows started becoming a minor league team and feeding the Dallas Stars, Houston would get frustrated when Dallas would take the good players from the Arrows, <laughs> which is what they're supposed to do. But we we it's just sort of built in that we don't it, we just don't like it. It's just it's in every it permeates all of culture. Uh, so you know how um, San Antonio does a Dallas uh, does a rodeo run, uh, the San Antonio Spurs, where there's about two weeks where they go on a bunch of road games because the their basketball center is filled with the rodeo. Mm -hmm. uh, the rodeo happens in Dallas and in Houston also. In Houston, they use the football stadium for it because the rodeo is just that much bigger in Houston. That's where all the championship events are held is in Houston, um, and in Dallas. I don't even know what they use, honestly, but like they don't, they don't, they don't accommodate it the same way that San Antonio or Houston does. So like, there's just these subtle differences between the cities that make it all kind of interesting. Um, but yeah, so flash forward. Now there is one team that every Houston Texans fan hates more, and that's the Tennessee Titans. The realignment putting us in the same division as them was not an accident. Their owner at the time was Bud Adams, and he hated Houston after he took the Oilers from Houston. And he did everything in his power to just really rub it in Houston's face. As a matter of fact, when the Titans took Vince Young, he held the press conference in Houston to announce signing him. Um, so it's stuff like that. The Dallas thing is is the is is second, but it is huge. And our first regular season game ever 
was against the Dallas Cowboys, and the Texans had been a team, like a roster, like a, an actual players practicing together for all of maybe two and a half, three and a half months, and we beat them. And it was the front page of everything in Houston the next day. It was the only story that got told on the news in Houston the next day. I'm I'm liking this. I'm liking this a lot. And I'm curious, because this game is in Dallas, is that going to be something? Yeah, where... it, that, that takes a little bit away from it because I don't know that they care anywhere near as much as we that care was, about it. That was my question is, is it going to have that rivalry-esque atmosphere in Dallas or is this something where kind of Houston's it feels like Houston has the the mode of they got the dirt rubbed in their eye a little bit and so if this was in in Houston this would be a much different atmosphere versus Dallas am I reading that a little right yeah uh it, it doesn't help that we've I think we've lost the last three uh, the last the last two regular season matchups for sure we've lost so uh, there was a quote one time got, when we I've were playing the Jacksonville. The Texans it... are going to oh, be no. playing for a streak here. They won in 2018, the last time these two teams plays played, according to Pro Football Reference, uh, to break a three-game losing streak. Who who did the Cowboys did the Texans? The Texans won in 2018, the last time they played. Was that a was that a regular season or preseason game? Uh, that was regular season, October. Oh, okay. I, I, I thought we had beat him preseason a couple... Maybe that was the one before then. Okay, all right, well, good, good. That actually kind of makes me feel a little bit better, but the truth is, there's a quote when we... We had a bunch of... When the Texans started and did our expansion draft, we took, I think, three Jacksonville Jaguars. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, we took three of them. And then we had like a bunch of their ex-coaches on our staff and stuff like that. So we had this rivalry going with them, even though they kicked our butts. And one of their players flat out said, there has to be, like, we have to have lost to them in order for it to be a rivalry. And that quote stayed with me when it comes to sports all the time. Like, the Bears and, and Aaron Rodgers. They, there's no reasonable way the Bears can say they have a rivalry with Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers just kicks the crap out of them. Like, it's pretty one-sided. It's not a rivalry. It's a beating. And so I'm always cognizant of that. So I'm glad that we beat them uh, in 2018. But they had they they had had our number for a while. I think you said three in a row there. Um, so it probably doesn't mean as much to them, and we're not good. They probably expect to beat us. Now, for us, I really hope in the locker room all we're talking about is being the upset guy. That's uh, – so – this has been, I was going through the history a little bit today in prep for this show. And this has actually been a, a fairly decent, if you want to label it, at least on Houston's side of things, it sounds like a rivalry game. Uh, this is actually fairly decent as far as things that are labeled rivalry. Like you said, there's plenty of suspect rivalries out there uh, that are labeled as such. I thought right away of Georgia, Georgia Tech over the last like two decades. Uh, oh yeah, exactly. Yeah, not, there's no way Georgia Tech can be like we're rivals. Not, not, <laughs> Are I, you? I, I'm afraid not. Uh, but really, the only <laughs> blowout was back in 2006. The Cowboys won 34-6. Other than that, most of these games are pretty close. I get 2010, 27-13, not as close. You have the win in two in 2002. Texans win 19-10. 2014. Yeah, we did. Cowboys win 20 to 17. And then 2018, Texans win 19 to six, and so these games have been close. Do you anticipate that being after the Dallas Cowboys are fresh off of a, a 50 burger? Are you anticipating that to be the case, or are you thinking? I'm kind of thinking this looks more like 2006. Um, I feel like they have a really important game after us, and I'm trying to look it up right now. Uh, schedule. Are you are you calling? If they're are you if, calling trap game, sir. I am. I'm trying to call a trap game here. We are the perfect trap game for them because they're coming off an emotional high where they spanked, uh, just absolutely spanked those guys. Fifty. I mean, 
Sunday night football, and it couldn't have gone worse. I get the Could Colts have, have not looked good Colts. the last couple of weeks, but to put up 30 points in the fourth quarter of a game, have 30 points put up on you, that's tough. Tough look for the Colts. I made a tweet, and I made a prediction, and I'm sorry to do this to you. I know I know that you're close to the family and you're friends with everyone around them. Uh, but I, I said, as, I said, I think we just witnessed the end of Matt Ryan's <laughs> career. I don't know. I don't know if they can go back to Sam Ellinger. He looked pretty tough. <laughs> I don't think it. I don't think it matters who they use the rest of the year. I think this game was officially the end of Matt Ryan's career. He may play the rest of the season, but when they talk about what happened to Matt Ryan, they're going to talk about the Dallas game. Yeah, that seemed to be a real and, uh, coffin game. Yeah, that it was bad. It was real bad. They play Jacksonville next week. I don't think they care about anything that happens in the next three weeks. Uh, this they could not be a less concerned team. With their schedule over the next couple of weeks, because we we don't we aren't it. They got Indianapolis last week, us this week, Jacksonville next week. There's no way they have a care in the world right now. That's also last week is the third time in the last five games that Dallas has put up over forty or forty or more points. They hit forty exactly against the the Vikings, but for three of the last five, forty or more points. They I think well they, they got two more coming. I think they're they got le- two more coming. I think. I I think they're legitimately. G- if I get that sometimes, like what was it three years ago that Dallas Cowboys team that was losing games and leading in like every passing statistic in the NFL for the first what was it like yeah. month, two months of the season where uh, that was the Dak Prescott come out year where everyone was like he's he's turning into the best quarterback ever and. Nico, remember this is when the quote came out that they couldn't believe Dak Prescott wasn't in the uh, MVP conversation, but Aaron Rodgers was. Oh, yeah. This is one of my favorite quotes of all time because they're like, look at the stats. And it was like the literal year where Dallas went 500 of all time. Like they're just the most 500 team in the, in like the universe. But Dak Prescott was putting up, you know, 400 yards a game or whatever it was. And yeah. they were still playing. They were losing one week and winning. They were literally, I think they finished that season 8-8 eight and eight again. Yeah, it was I, like the third season in a row they'd done that. And they're like, I can't believe Dak Prescott's not in the conversation. It's like, oh, I'm sorry. So, see, that's a that's a good example. If you have a good quarterback, you can have some games throughout a season where you put up some crazy stats, but that doesn't necessarily mean you're a good team. But the Cowboys are a nine-win team right now, and they have consistently – dogged some teams just absolutely walloped some teams uh and so it feels like this team is actually a legit good team and when you're able to put up 50 points in an nfl game almost twice at 49 against the bears i think that means you're turning a different corner which i think may means that i don't know if they're going to have the sloppy game against the bad team i think i think they're officially a good team and good teams take care of business against bad teams. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDIC. Um, I, I don't So here, here's why I've, I'll, I can't say that. Um, Mike McCarthy's their head coach. Uh, there's To me, there's never been a, a more inconsistent bad play caller than, than who, who has like this weird aura where everyone respects him. It's Mike McCarthy. Uh, him and Josh McDaniels. I think those two are the most respected bad head coaches I've ever seen in my life. Um, I don't. I really. I just don't believe in Dak Prescott. Even la, even in the Colts game, 
when they were playing close, like when the two teams were close, Dak Prescott didn't look good. It was only when everything got easy that he then looked good. Um, I do think their receivers are good. I think I think CeeDee Lamb is the real deal, but they keep getting rid of good receivers. Like they brought in Amari Cooper and they gave him so much money that they knew they couldn't keep him on the team. I didn't understand. I don't understand that. Um, and it looks like they're flirting with bringing in an OBJ and then possibly doing the same thing with him. They're going to be in cap misery next year when when Prescott and Zeke and everyone else is getting their money and Zeke's contract for the first time is non-guaranteed. So he's had like guaranteed portions or full guarantees for the last couple of years. Next year is the first time that that's not the case. And I almost feel like no matter what they do, they're going to regret it. Well, I want to go back to, though, the the rivalry and the history side of this, too, because you mentioned that the Tex- the Texans are going to be the team that if they're going to pull on the rivalry strings, it's going to be they're the team who are, who's going to pull on that to try and get motivated for this game. My question for you is, are they good enough to actually have that work? Because the last time the Texans beat the Cowboys, they were ranked the 11th best offense in the NFL and they had their franchise quarterback and they were a top 10 scoring team Uh, and this is a very different team from that I don't know if that I don't think that motivation of being it having it be a rivalry and having it be kind of the snubbed uh, younger brother of of the two I don't know if that's enough for this roster to make up the difference between the two um, I honestly, I think it is enough because I think the Colts played a, a good half of football against the Cowboys. The, the The game plan just fell apart in the second half. And I think we can, anything the Colts can do, I think the Texans can do. So I do believe that we can go out there and, and, and play a good, you know, three quarters of football. When that fourth quarter rolls around, it's going to be about who wants it more. And we've had the habit of falling apart. There's enough about that city, though, to about the, the city of Houston to to tap into that because it kind of felt like I don't the know. Last it's, game was the game that you were going to tap into that kind of uh, that Well, kind of they did. So, so they did. If you actually look at last game, I, I, I find a lot of interesting things. First of all, Deshaun Watson looked bad, like I said he would. He looked like a guy who hadn't played football in two years. He was very. Uh, there were no, there were no offensive touchdowns. There's a punt return touchdown and two defensive touchdowns. So if you if you erase three plays from that game, the Texans are ahead or down one point six to five. So I don't think it's impossible because the you got to remember the Browns regularly are a top ten offense this year with Jacoby Brissett at quarterback. So I don't, I don't, and Miles Garrett and Clowney were out there for, well, Miles Garrett kept coming in and out, but everybody, you know, they do have a good defense, Cleveland. We have potential. It's going to depend on what they do about guys like Brandon Cooks. If someone doesn't light some kind of fire under him, if he comes out of the locker room and says it's over before it starts again, I don't, I mean, okay. I mean, the only one who can decide that is him. So when he says stuff like that, it really just kind of makes me mad. Um... If he if he plays, if yeah if he yeah again he didn't play last week and the team played better so I mean, you know the quarterback was a mess but, I don't know if you can count I the mean, team that's... playing better as what happened last week I mean maybe, maybe uh, it played it played better than it did the week before maybe the defense played a little better it's hard because I think Deshaun was just a lot rustier than I anticipated him being for an entire game. Uh, and the offense was just, just horrible, just horrible. And that's what I'm saying is that like, if you couldn't. But we also we also slowed down Nick Chubb. Kareem Hunt didn't didn't destroy us. Like we actually did the keys. You know what I'm saying? Like we did the things we were supposed to do to win a football game, probably for the first time all year, um, through three quarters. So I do think if if bad Dak shows up. Yeah, I absolutely do think we can. Because the one thing the Cowboys will do when Dak is playing bad, they'll keep throwing the ball to try and get him going. And they'll forget that they have Ezekiel Elliott on the team. 
even in the 54 point even in the 54 point win they had last week i think he only had like 15 carries 12 carries they forget to give him the ball and that's the biggest favor they could do us so Corey believes that they can tap into the dallas houston rivalry i'm pretty skeptical nico where, where do you land on this i know that you you have been believing in this team most of the, pretty much all year where, where do you fall on this I mean, really, as as long as we can give the L to Dallas, I'll always be happy. Uh, mainly because it's just a it's just the Houstonian in me. Like we just hate each other so much. We consider each other not part of Texas when talking about Texas. Right, right. Uh, so if we can just take this dub, that'd be great. I mean, like if we can have two wins and it'd be like Dallas, who was on fire, that would be great because it 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 rubs it just that much deeper into the wound. I I get that. I just don't know. I mean You're doubting. You're know, doubting. It's okay. Locker, it's all right. I don't know if the locker room can kind of find that that gear. Here's the thing. If I'm if I'm one of the coaches on the Texan staff all year long and we've been doing these picks all year. And I know we're still uh, a couple episodes away from doing our picks. But all year long, we've been looking at spreads that have been less than 10. For the most part, I think two of them are ten, right? Yeah, they've they've been mostly in that seven seven seven. Yeah, uh, my understanding right now is the spread is almost up to twenty on this game. If I'm one of the coaches, I say that on Tuesday or Wednesday morning when everybody comes in from from losing Monday or whatever you call it when your team always loses, um, and everyone's there for the team meetings on Wednesday. I put up on the on the board a giant minus 20. And in every room, a minus 20. And in front of every locker, a minus 20. Everywhere they look, all they're going to see is minus 20. All the jerseys at practice are going to say minus 20. I don't want anything but minus 20 to be on their minds all week. I'm looking at I'm, the, the number I'm seeing right now is 17, which is one of the bigger Yeah, Yeah, in, in the chat... In the chat the other day, someone said it's almost to 20. That's, I'm trying to think. I believe that's the biggest spread of the year, I think. Uh, I don't, uh, for us, yes. I don't know about in for the league. I'm sure it's not in the, the league. No, probably not. There's been a couple 12, 14-point spreads. I don't know if there's been a 17-point. Oh, I'm sure early in the season when the Rams lined up against uh, somebody, I'm sure there was a 20.1. Or when the Chiefs were were, were scheduled to play uh, Jacksonville or something, I'm sure it was a big one. I mean, I don't know. I'm sure there. I'm sure there's some big ones out there. I'll have to. I'll have to do some research and report back on Thursday night for the Friday pod and see see what was the biggest. But yeah, spread. it's definitely one. Of I'm the putting top three for sure. Oh yeah, it's it's huge, and and I'm putting it everywhere. I want the players to see it. I want everyone to know. I want every. Uh, it's all I want them to think about is that everyone thinks they suck so bad that if you spotted them twenty points, people would still bet on the Cowboys. I mean, that's the that's the kind of motivation you're going to have to try and and move. I I don't know. Maybe bring in like some people just for the the players who aren't familiar with the rivalry, haven't been around the, the city and the team long enough, maybe bring in some like local speakers to talk about the the Dallas hate. Just get people amped up about it. I would show clips from – so there's a clip. I guess – I don't even remember who's a quarterback in, in 02 for the, for the Cowboys or in 03. Is it maybe uh, Bledsoe again? Or who was after Bledsoe but before Romo? The scrambler. They had a, they had a scrambling quarterback for a couple of years. Continue. I'll look it up. Continue with your uh, your story. But so so when we so we had the expansion draft, and the rules for our expansion draft were we could we either had to take thirty five or forty players off of a 55-man roster, and those players had to make it to our final roster 
or 30% of our salary cap had to be taken up by guys from this expansion draft. A lot of the teams shocked the NFL, though, with the names that they put up for the expansion draft because a lot of teams were in salary cap trouble. The salary cap had changed some of its rules a couple years before, like about signing bonuses and stuff. And there were a bunch of teams who were just struggling to figure stuff out. And so they put up guys that they couldn't afford to hold on to anymore. And the Texans went through and made a bunch of side deals with a bunch of teams because there were rules. Uh, So, like, if you put up five players in the expansion draft and the Texans took one of them, you could take one guy off the board. And then if they took a second guy, you could take your entire delegation off the board. So the Texans went through and they made rules or they made deals with teams like Jacksonville where they said, look, we like three of your players. We'll take all three if you agree not to take anyone off the board when we're going. And the Jacksonville was like, uh, if if the three you take are these three certain players, then we agree to it because those were the biggest contracts on their on the, And we did. We took Tony Baselli and then two defensive tackles from them. Um, we took Jamie Sharper from the Baltimore Ravens, and we had to agree to take Jermaine... I can't think of his name now, but he was a punt returner for them. And they had just given him like a two-year extension... But he was very expensive for them. So we wound up with like this team of talented guys that teams couldn't afford. And almost all of them were on defense. Our starting 3-4 defense was all veterans. No rookies. For our first for our first year. And very early in the Dallas Cowboys game, we got a safety against the Cowboys. And I, th- I want to say it was Drew Bledsoe, but I might be wrong about that. It's Drew Bledsoe. I found it. Yeah, so we get this safety on Drew Bledsoe, and there's this photo. Seth Payne is just so pumped. He's flexing his arms and screaming at the top of his lungs. It's super early in the game, like maybe middle first quarter. And the whole defensive line is losing their mind over the safety. And there's some really great photos, and one of those winds up making it on the front page of the paper. That Seth Payne picture, my parent, my mom is a Texans diehard and she hung up a bunch like she framed a bunch of the papers from that game and so that Seth Payne picture I probably stared at that thing for years um and like the headline was like we did it or something like that because like we beat them we beat the Cowboys as our opener for the franchise um it just matters that much yeah that's the you're gonna have to try and get everybody to buy in and, and care that much for about get, about this game, about that rivalry. You get Seth Payne, you make him hold up that newspaper. Like, it was the front page of the Houston Chronicle. Like, nothing else in the whole world happened except us beating the Cowboys. I like it. I think that's, I think that's the invite. And you know what? We're going to get into even more detail on this game specifically. Enjoyed, I enjoyed the, the history, and I enjoyed going back and looking backwards. Now we're going to look forwards on our next episode, get into the X's and O's, all of that good stuff. As And, of course, we're going to make picks. We don't shy away from making picks here, even when the spread is a monstrous 17 points. We're going to make some picks. On By our the way, congratulations, uh, Colton. You and I went 2-0 and on the Browns game. Winning week. Let's go in with yeah. another one. Yeah. Now Nico Nico lost. I, it's okay. Nico's guys. <laughs> I'm like oh the- for a million right now. <laughs> Nico's guys heart in the clouds, and we're not going to kill his spirit. That's the rule. That's of right. This show. That's right. He bets with joy, not with money. <laughs> exactly. God bless him. <laughs> All right, that's it for us. Thank you so much for listening. He's producer Nico. He's Corey DLG, our co-host, and I'm your host Colt Molesky. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of Battle Red Radio.